Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hello, America, and happy Sunday. So glad you could join us for the special Sunday edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. We've got an all-star lineup for you today, kicking off with Congressman Troy Nels from the great state of Texas. He's the congressman who had a Capitol Police officer go through his office, take a picture of his legislative whiteboard, send it to the Intelligence Division of the Capitol Police, and force an interview, basically, spying on his private legislative work. The officer said he was concerned by what he saw on the board. What the congressman had on the board was a plan to help our armed services get new armor so they would be better protected in the fields. For some reason, the officer thought that was, well, suspicious. Well, the inspector general of the Capitol Police, as we reported at Just the News this week, found much to blame in the Capitol Police's response, saying the officer's judgment in taking the photo was questionable that the officer didn't have a right to investigate the congressman because the Capitol Police have no authority to investigate members of Congress, that the training at the police department was wrong, the leadership didn't recognize all that was wrong with it, and of course, they didn't have good policies and procedures as well. Well, Congressman Nels is going to kick us off today with exactly what he thinks about it. He thinks the police are being weaponized for political purposes. I can't wait to hear what he has to say. He'll be first up. He'll be one of our best guests of the day. Then from the FBI, former FBI Assistant Director for Intelligence, one of the really respected FBI men in this country, Republicans, Democrats, members of the media, they all respect him. Kevin Brock, he's going to tell us what he thinks about the verdict in the Michael Sussman trial that came out. He was acquitted on a charge of lying to the FBI. Of course, the jury forewoman said he might have lied, but, but, but there's bigger things and more important than lying to the FBI. That's a pretty remarkable statement by the jury forewoman. Uh, we're going to talk to Kevin Brock about that. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, former congressman, former chairman of the Texas Republican Party. He's going to be here to talk about the state of America under Joe Biden. We've got two candidates for Arizona back-to-back as well, two great candidates. If you haven't heard of them, 
You will have certainly by the end of today. Jim Lehman, he's here running for Senate. He's a businessman and has been working really hard on election integrity issues and is working right now with law enforcement to bring to justice people he believes were harvesting ballots in Arizona. That's a big deal. And then Blake Masters. That name sounds familiar. It's because Donald Trump just endorsed him this past week. He is the other U.S. Senate candidate running against Jim Lehman. There's a handful of others. Mark Burnovich, the attorney general, we've had him on the show. Blake Masters is going to talk about what happens when you get endorsed by President Trump. What's the boost and what's at stake in this race and how Whoever wins the Republican primary, they are going to try to defeat Senator Mark Kelly, the Democrat, the former astronaut, as some Republicans have liked to say. We'd like to send him back to space and get him out of Congress. We'll see what Blake Masters has to say about that. We've got a great show. No reason to delay. Let's take a quick commercial break when we come back. First up, Congressman Troy Nell's The Extraordinary Story of the police penetrating his office, taking photos of his protected, constitutionally protected congressional work. A lot of outrage. We broke that story, specifically the IG's findings, and a lot more to be on that today. All right, we'll be back after the commercial break. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back, America. Our next guest, 
Congressman Troy Nels previously told us on the show about an episode last November when a Capitol Police officer entered an open door to his office suite and took a picture of his legislative plans. Nels was questioned by police about the writings on the whiteboard afterwards. Well, just the news is reporting tonight. The Capitol Police Inspector General has confirmed that incident occurred and has concluded police dropped the ball on several fronts, including failing to file the proper paperwork, providing inadequate training, and having vague rules for protecting the privacy of lawmakers. The probe also has questioned the officer's decision to photograph the lawmaker's protected legislative work. We're lucky to have joined that lawmaker just a few minutes ago to talk about this incident. Listen up. Congressman Troy Nels, great to have you on the show today. Good to be with you, John. Good to be with you. Yes, sir. This is an amazing story. It has been from the moment you first alerted to us, but now you've had an opportunity to get briefed on the Inspector General report to see its findings. Give us the highlights, your takeaways of what's in this report. Well, it took several months for the IG to come back with a report. I, I find the timing of, of uh, uh, Inspector General Michael Bolton, uh, who started this investigation into this invasion into my office. He retires, and now we have an acting IG uh, uh, provide me with their findings. It's several pages long. I mean, I think around 20 pages. But quite honestly, I'm, I'm a little disappointed uh, because I don't really believe that the IG asks the proper people the right questions. I think he, he really didn't uh, corroborate a lot of these, these stories. He just seems like he took the officers and the investigators point of view and, and what they said, and, and he really didn't ever uh, try to confirm or deny whether what they were saying was true. But he, he did with me. I mean, you know, I, I've always claimed the problem here was is finding that open door. This officer right. Diaz claiming my door was found wide open, not just, you know, a little bit. It was wide open. Uh, I find that very interesting. Uh, the inspector general could not explain how this officer could find a wide open. But what the inspector general did do is he did contact the architect of the Capitol to confirm or deny whether I called the maintenance department to see if I had that door, the mechanics of that door manipulated after the fact. So he was trying to cooperate with what I told him. Uh, the inspector general looked at the door. He said the doors close on their own. How could yeah. this door be wide open? So it seems like he didn't trust me, but he took the officer's word uh, for whatever they told him uh, when they interviewed the officers. Yeah, and that's a very important thing. Obviously, the Capitol has a lot of security footage, but by the time the IG got going, the security footage had already been erased, correct? Because that would really have helped understand what happened here. Security footage only kept by the Capitol for 30 days. Does that seem unusual to you? It does. It does. I received a copy of a photo uh, the other day. Uh, apparently, the uh, the committee is considering subpoenaing me uh, because I was giving some family members a tour of the Capitol uh, hours prior to January 6th. So they sent a photo to my office, and there it is, my brothers and I walking through the Capitol, and they're considering subpoenaing me, and I want them to subpoena me. Uh, I think that would be quite interesting. So that footage is how old? You know, well over a year ago, 18 months right. ago. They have that. But yet they don't have uh, they don't keep footage longer than 30 days in our in our office buildings. Quite, quite unusual and strange. Yeah. And one of the things that was really clear, the inspector general tested this door several times. It automatically closes. There's no way unless you prop it open. Right. For it to stay uh, 
uh, open. It automatically closes within a few seconds of you releasing your hand from it. Um, so uh, is there reason to believe that the police officer's account isn't true? I'm concerned about Officer Diaz, quite honestly. I mean, uh, every shift for the Capitol Police, their house division, they they do building checks. So right. this wouldn't have been the first time a Capitol Police officer walked past my door and or my office. And, and I'm sure that previous shifts would have noticed a door wide open. But we just find that Diaz uh, noticed uh, the door wide open. And then he goes in and, and, and makes sure that the, the room was secure and then takes these photographs of suspicious material. He completely violates many of his policies by taking a photograph of the material which he found suspicious, which would the board would be evidence. And according to the SOPs, the standard operating procedures with the Capitol Police's manuals, they state if you are going to take a photograph, uh, which your department issued phone, it better be under exigent circumstances, and you better contact the supervisor. He didn't right. do such. He took the photograph, and then there's policies there as well where if you're going to take photographs of evidence, and this board was the evidence, uh, that you would wait, call a supervisor, and then call crime scene search to have them come out and take professional photographs with the camera. He didn't do that either. Um, so I, I, he says, this officer Diaz states in his testimony that he was trained to take photographs with his phone. Well, number one, when Diaz went through the training academy, the Capitol Police were not issued department phones. The officers were not issued uh, department phones. So I kind of question that, saying you learn yeah. this in the academy, and they weren't even issuing phones to officers when you went through the academy. So a lot of questions that I would like to ask, follow-up questions, where the IG failed in many ways. Yeah, and uh, there are some clear declarations of the Inspector General that policies and procedures aren't clear, that the officers aren't properly changed for circumstances like this. There wasn't a, a recognition of the reverence that a con congressman's private office and his private legislative materials were due. And they didn't even fill out the right forms, but they can't even get the forms right for an incident like this. And then they bring in the intelligence unit, which is a very unusual thing for an open door. Um, your impression of your staff's interaction with the Capitol Police Intelligence Unit, did they, uh, did they act properly? Do you feel like they took you at your word and closed this down after that moment? Well, one thing that the IG does, too, he, he keeps and he continues to uh, uh, mention intelligence sections. These individuals that came to my door and many of the individuals involved in this investigation, because it was an investigation, John, were from the Criminal Investigations Division, Criminal Investigations Division. So these guys are trained criminal investigators. And the reason I point this out to you is that Chief Manger, the chief of police now for the Capitol Police, said I was never under investigation. What do you mean yep. I wasn't under investigation? He wrote me a letter, said, this congressman is nuts. He was never under investigation. But yet you send several individuals uh, to my office to conduct a what? What, do, what were you conducting? You sent criminal investigators to my office a few days later to ask questions of my staff. So no, sir, chief, I beg to differ. I was under a criminal investigation by your agency. You had these three secret squirrels show up in my office on Monday. And in my humble opinion, John, when they showed up on Monday, the week of Thanksgiving, they knocked on the door to see, in my opinion, to confirm or deny whether anybody was there. Nobody's there on Thanksgiving. Everybody's sent home to be thankful 
spend time with your families. Right. I personally believe they were going into my office, John. They were going into my office. They knocked first to confirm or deny whether someone was there. And I just happened to have a staffer who doesn't yeah. have a life outside of my office. He was there. <laughs> I could have told him to stay home and he yeah. didn't stay home. He goes to work. He's a dedicated employee. He just happened to answer the door. Yeah, it, there are still more questions than there are answers even after this report. Uh, I know you like to fix things. You're always a solutions guy. Uh, given what you've learned, what the IG has found, even partial findings, uh, what is the solution here? How do the Capitol Police respect the privacy of lawmakers, do the right thing? How can this be fixed for future congressmen not to have to experience this? Well, number one, I personally believe that Nancy Pelosi has weaponized the U.S. Capitol Police as her own investigations unit. Um, she goes after anybody that has uh, dissenting point of views. I obviously have been a very vocal critic of the J6 committee and, and the events of January 6th, and I'll be exposing that with a book coming out here in, in July. And I think that it is very incumbent upon whoever the Speaker of the House is, whoever the Sergeant at Arms are, and in Congress, that we protect the limited, the limited amount of integrity that in, that that institution has and that is making sure that members can feel safe and secure in their offices. Yeah. That This shouldn't be a partisan issue. This is, Democrats and Republicans alike should support the idea of saying this should never happen to anybody. You cannot go in and start taking pictures of legislative materials or things that you find suspicious and then have the Capitol Police conduct a criminal investigation on you. And that's what happened to me. And it just happened to be me, oh, a guy that has been very vocal of January 6th, the same guy that said Lieutenant Byrd murdered Ashley Babbitt, which he did. So they have a reason to come after me because they're trying to silence and intimidate and destroy me, John. That's yeah. their intent with this investigation. I know you have deep concerns, and I think this report's only going to raise more of them, sir. Congressman, thank you for sharing all this information with us. This is a very important story. We're going to stay on top of it here at Just the News. And uh, thanks again for your time. Thank you, John. God bless. You as well, sir. Folks, we'll be right back after this commercial break. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. 
It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free social security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash just news. That's AMAC.us forward slash just news. Welcome back, everybody. It's time to turn to the Sussman trial and that dramatic verdict today. Joining us right now is the former FBI Assistant Director of Intelligence, Kevin Brock. Kevin, great to have you back on the show. John, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, your reaction, a not guilty verdict. Uh, Michael Sussman acquitted, even though there's pretty strong evidence that he gave the FBI a falsehood. I think if I was surprised, I'd be the only surprised person in Washington, D.C. <laughs> we all kind of saw this uh, being telegraphed. Um, you know, there's a number of factors that weighed in Sussman's favor. Obviously, he had outstanding attorneys in D.C. where they consider that a friendly environment. Um, there was also an interesting, it was interesting the way Sussman presented this case because he himself actually presented evidence that gave the jury space to find reasonable doubt. Uh, again, a, a finding of, of not guilty doesn't mean he didn't mislead the FBI. I think the evidence showed that there was some intent, uh, some duplicitous intent, uh, intent there. But um, the jury had plenty of plenty of room to find him uh, not guilty in, in this charge. And, uh, and part of that was because of uh, the way uh, the prosecution laid out the case, frankly. Yeah, both you guys are giving so much grace to that jury, much more than I'm capable of, because I feel like this jury brings uh, it brings new meaning to jury of your peers when you look at the makeup. But um, I wanted to ask you, because Durham put out a statement and it was very characteristically uh, measured and unrevealing. He basically just said that he was disappointed in the verdict. Um, but what do you what are your thoughts on his statement? Because I, I guess it's, it's like I said, it's characteristic of him. But I also wanted to hear a little bit more from him, just a little bit more spice. So, um, Amanda, I, I, I think that I, I've stressed this before. John Durham is telling a larger story here. I don't think he's going to lose any sleep over the fact that Michael Sussman was acquitted. The trial afforded him an opportunity to paint a picture about an effort by the Clinton campaign to spread disinformation on two tracks. Number one, the Alpha Bank narrative. Number two, the Steele dossier, and uh, and that that was intentional. And so there's a this this narrative that he wants to paint is important to his responsibility uh, to to tell that entire story to the American people. 
um, whether or not somebody is, is charged and, and acquitted in this thing in the end isn't going to matter. I also think that part of his strategy in, in introducing a lot of information that some people might think was superfluous to the case met that goal so that it would be more difficult for the uh, current Department of Justice under uh, the Biden presidency to, um, to excuse him, to tell him that his services are no longer needed. I think there's enough information out there that's intriguing to the American people that they're going to want to want to see the whole story told here. Yeah, I think that that's right. Now, he's got another opportunity coming up in the fall. Igor Danchenko, one of the primary sources for the Steele dossier, will be on trial in October. Your take on what will be on there. This one was about Alpha Bank a lot. Mm -hmm. Next one seems it's going to be a lot about Christopher Steele. What do you think is going to happen there? Yeah, I think this is part two. What kind of got lost in this trial is the fact that there appeared to be a concerted strategy by the campaign to release disinformation about Alpha Bank and disinformation about the Steele dossier on the same day, September 19th, 2016. Um, this is not an accident. Uh, this was a, appears to me to be a, a strategic move to, to release this information, to try to get it into the press, to be able to tell the press that the FBI was looking at these allegations uh, and so that six weeks out from the national election, the American people would be led to believe that there was something to be concerned about regarding Donald Trump. Kevin, we've just got a few minutes left, and all three of us have stressed how close to the best um, this entire investigation has been. But I've also heard quite a few people prognosticating that there could be more indictments this summer. What are your thoughts on that? Interesting, Amanda. I'm not sure. I, I do know that in these types of investigations, there is a lot of work being done. Uh, there's a lot of uh, people being brought before the grand jury, their testimony being locked down, subpoenas being issued, and all of that is in secret. So we don't know. It would be speculation that there might be additional uh, indictments, but I would not be surprised. Uh, we're in a town where uh, lying happens all the time, and not everybody gets <laughs> has to pay the price for that, as we've seen. But the bottom line here is there's an effort to want to expose the truth, whatever that is. Uh, we've got about a minute left, Kevin. I just want to ask you this, the revelation in the trial that the FBI was lying to its own agents itself uh, during the course of the investigation. Do you think that Im impacted the jury saying, well, why is this guy in trial if the FBI was lying and they're not on trial? This is one of the more curious aspects of this trial. The fact that uh, the Durham prosecution team introduced an FBI uh, communication that indicated that FBI itself was misleading the, the agents who were charged with conducting the Alpha Bank investigation by saying that the information came from the Department of Justice and not a third party, uh, namely Michael Sussman. We can only read into that that the, there, was, there were uh, efforts at FBI headquarters to conceal that from the investigators so that they wouldn't ask the questions and and maybe uh, conduct a less complete investigation because they're thinking this information came from a political campaign. There's there's hidden a hidden agenda there. So I think that um, that piece of information uh, was certainly something that the, the jury took into consideration. And if, if the FBI is going to be misleading in this regard, uh, or at least certain individuals at FBI headquarters are going to be misleading, then how can they convict uh, Michael Sussman? Yeah, I think that's ultimately a question that the jurors ask themselves. Kevin, it's always an honor to have you on. Folks, we'll be right back after this commercial break. Delve into the shadows of the mind 
with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back, everybody. Our guest tonight knows a lot about that tragic shooting in Uvalde, Texas last week and its implications for the Second Amendment. Retired Lieutenant Colonel Alan West is a former congressman and former head of the Texas Republican Party, and he joins us now. Lieutenant Colonel West, great to have you on today. Thank you so much, John and Amanda. It's a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, honor to have you on, sir. I know Texans take great pride in supporting the blue and, and backing police and all during the defund movement, Texans were behind their police officers. There seems to be some legitimate questions about what the police did at the scene at Uvalde and the original stories uh, they gave the public in the first couple of days. They've changed a lot. Your take on your takeaways on the Uvalde shooting about a week after it happened. Well, there's no doubt about there were some uh, failures. And as a matter of fact, the head of Texas Department of Public Safety has come out and said that mistakes were made. And that's the last thing that anyone wants to hear, that law enforcement made a mistake that resulted in the loss of life for little children, 19 uh, of them. So, you know, when you talk about the First Amendment and the importance of that, you know, everybody needs to be able to be that person that can defend themselves and, in this case, defend their children. And when we see the video of the law enforcement agents uh, really, uh, you know, arresting or tasing or handcuffing parents who are admonishing them to go in and do something. You know, in the military, we have a saying that warriors move to the sound of the guns. And as we find out that there was a 40, 45 minute, some have said even an hour delayed response to this gunman, you allow that gunman to have the initiative and that should not have happened. Yeah, Colonel Wesson, and so often when this happens, both sides, I will admit, both sides rush to their corner and they, mm -hmm. you know, get behind their own argument. But during that press conference with Governor Abbott, when Robert Francis O'Rourke, I refuse to call him by his nickname uh, because I think it misrepresents him, but he, he rushes the stage and he interrupts the press conference. Do you think that that one points, actually one points for people on that side of the aisle who believe what he believes? Well, all you have to do is turn over to their media outlets, and it did. He is seen as some type of champion. And so, once again, we cannot put our mentality into the mentality of the progressive socialist left because the bottom line for them is to use this, as Rahm Emanuel said, never let a good crisis go to waste, as a means by which they can take away the ability of legal, law-abiding, responsible gun owners to be able to protect themselves. And as you just stated, the Second Amendment is absolute. Every single one of those first 10 amendments of the Constitution, which is called the Bill of Rights, is absolute. And it says that the uh, right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. I don't know how simpler language can be than that. But what you see happening is the left not wanting to look at the issue of violence in our culture, 
violence on social media, violence in these games the kids are playing. And also, the shooter down in Uvalde, Texas, and I've been there before, he had five or six call-outs to his home. And just the same as the shooter in Parkland, uh, Florida, Nicholas Cruz had 21 call-outs to his home. So why wasn't something done? And we know about the Buffalo shooter who threatened to uh, shoot up his school. He was brought in for a mental evaluation. He was released and never followed up on. So I think that's where we have to start off as well as getting more veterans out there, those school marshals, to protect our students. Yeah, that seems to be an area the, de the Democrats don't want to go there, but there seems to be a lot of agreement that that would bring a lot more safety, have more armed people on the site. What about mental illness, too? Because I think a lot of times, you know, we, it's easy to blame the gun, but it's, it's the person behind the gun. And often they're de the demons that are driving these horrible shootings. Are people afraid to have that conversation about mental illness in America? Well, sadly, it seems they are afraid to have that conversation, John. And if you go all the way back to Jared Loeffner, you go back to the shooter in Aurora, you go back to the shooter at Sandy Hook, the, the common denominator is not the weapon or the firearm, it's the mental illness issue that is there. And also, you can look at a lot of these shooters, you can see that there's a case of lack of stability in the family. So those are two very important things we have to deal with. And everyone needs to understand that on the ATF form 4473, you're asked about mental uh, defectiveness. You're asked about mental treatments or mental illness. And obviously, we have people that are lying on this form. And furthermore, we have people that are not part of the background check system. And so we need to look at the background check system to make sure that it accurately reflects uh, the issues that are out there so that we can restrict people from being able to have access to firearms. Colonel West, every time something like this happens, the first thing that comes to the conversation after the discussion of the tragedy itself and the deaths and the injuries uh, is how we can do better legislatively. But to me, this seems like how can we do better in the messaging department? Because you look at the statistics regarding legal gun use, I think three million uh, defensive uses of guns every year. Ninety four percent of mass shootings happen in gun free zones. How do we get better with the messaging? Well, I think that's up to people to study and learn the facts. I mean, you just saw what happened this past Memorial Day weekend. And with all of the shootings that are out there, 80, maybe upwards of 90 percent of the firearms used in these shootings in Chicago, major urban population centers are illegal. And guess what? These are cities that have some of the most stringent gun control laws, as well as uh, they're controlled by Democrats. So I think, once again, we need to stop going after the legal law-abiding citizens, the responsible gun owners, because we don't want to go down the path of what we see uh, Prime Minister Trudeau talking about in Canada, where you will not have the buying, the selling, the transfer, the transfer, the importing of any type of uh, firearms. He's talking about handguns as well. And I think that that's really what the left is after. So it is so important that we do talk about the facts and even the numbers that they talk about. If you uh, extricate the suicides and if you take out the, uh, the, the mass shootings from weekend shootings in these urban population centers, we don't have a gun violence problem. Yeah, it's, it's really remarkable. They don't want to talk about Chicago or any of the urban crime. They only want to talk about it when it happens in a red state with uh, someone who bought a gun after a, a check. You know, it's just remarkable to me that they ignore that other slaughter, which is much larger in numbers and much more persistent. I want to turn to something. The president this weekend suggested, as you just mentioned, uh, he might look at nine millimeter guns. He had some pretty bad messaging. He said the nine millimeter gun could knock you long out. That's not true. He said people couldn't bring cannons during the Revolutionary War. They could. And he also said that the Second Amendment wasn't absolute. 
Joe Biden's messaging, how would you like to address that? Oh, looks like we may have lost the lieutenant colonel. We'll be right back with him. Takeaways, Amanda, right away. I think, you know, uh, the lieutenant colonel said being focused on the schools, getting more security and mental illness. That's the part of the conversation people are afraid to have. That's right. And and I'll take up your question as far as uh, the Second Amendment to what he was saying. Oh, I think we might have him back in just a moment. But there's only one amendment that says shall not be infringed. Yeah. So with respect to what Joe Biden said, as far as it not being absolute Constitution and the Bill of Rights, they're, they're pretty clear on that messaging. Do we have uh, do we yes, have Colonel West back? back? Yeah, there he is. Yeah. Yeah, that's the magic of, uh, you know, the Skype and everything. Hey, look, uh, what you just talked about, John and Amanda, maybe this is why we need the Deficit Information Governance Board for Joe Biden <laughs> and for the progressive socialist yeah. left, yeah. because he has gotten several uh, Pinocchios from PolitiFact, Glenn Kessler, on these assertions that he continues to make, wrongly so. And if the president of the United States of America does not believe that an enumerated right in the Constitution and our Bill of Rights is absolute, then I guess the freedom of speech is not absolute, the freedom of expression, the right to petition your government for redress agreements, the Fourth Amendment, the Ninth and Tenth Amendment. So this is very troubling that we have a president out there that is shooting from the hip, you know, no pun intended. And when he's talking about a nine millimeter round, that means that they are talking about going after handguns as well. And no nine millimeter round blows out your, your lung. I, I've been in the military. I've uh, been on the board of the National Rifle Association. I have several nine millimeter handguns myself as a uh, concealed carry. I'm not going to blow out anyone's lung. Yeah. The misinformation. Yeah, Colonel so West, bad. very quickly, we just have 30 seconds left. I wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, not guilty by a jury of his peers, Michael Sussman, 30 seconds, your thoughts. Yeah, sure. I mean, if you have a trial in the swamp of Washington, D.C., and of course you have members of that jury, they have connections to Hillary Clinton, and I believe that uh, one of the jurors has a child that goes to school with Michael Sussman, it's okay to lie as a leftist, but you can't do that if you're General Michael Flynn. Yeah, great points there, the double dual system of justice. Lieutenant Colonel West, always an honor to have you on. Thank you for joining Thanks. us today. Appreciate it, John, man. Y'all take care. You as well. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, more interviews, more news, more exclusive insights. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, America. Our next guest is a retired Army airman, a successful businessman, and now a candidate for U.S. Senate in Arizona, Jim Lehman. Jim, great to have you on the show. Hey, John. Uh, Amanda, great to be with you. And 
thanks for allowing us the opportunity to expose uh, what we're doing out here in Arizona to get to some election, some semblance of election integrity. Absolutely. Well, that's one of the things I think a lot of Americans don't know. So they know you're running for the Senate. You had this career serving your country. But uh, you have been able to provide authorities there some really significant evidence about ballot harvesting, illegal gathering of ballots in Yuma County. Tell us a little bit about how you came into possession of that and what the uh, law enforcement authorities are doing with it. So, John, real uh, heroes here, uh, Gary Snyder uh, in Yuma and David Lara, who I've been uh, fortunate to have as, as good friends, providing them the support uh, morally and uh, uh, financially uh, in order to expose some of the worst uh, hopefully in the country, but uh, certainly here in Arizona, uh, of election integrity fraud uh, that's been going on. We filmed this, or they did, back in December of 2020, uh, uh, or excuse me, uh, in the primary just before uh, December 2020. It went to uh, the Attorney General immediately thereafter. Uh, and out of 35 individuals that were filmed uh, openly committing uh, ballot harvesting, uh, uh, signing ballots that weren't theirs, things of that nature. Literally, uh, within 100 yards of the polling station, uh, they had no reason to cover it up except we were doing the filming. Uh, and turn that over, now, what, 22 months. Uh, out of the 35, at least we've now had one uh, plea deal and one pending. Uh, the 2,000 uh, mules has certainly put some pressure uh, on the Attorney General out here to maybe do something about uh, all of this. We've seen uh, two uh, warrants, uh, search warrants issued in the last couple of days. Uh, so finally, some movement. Uh, we've uh, also, John, Amanda, for the coming uh, election, a great group of shadow gatherers uh, that we're helping uh, to finance in order that we do more of this, not just uh, Gary, uh, David, but their leadership, that in all the suspect precincts uh, that we have in the state, and here are several, uh, that we want to make sure that not just the polling places uh, are filmed and who's doing uh, the dirty deeds, but also these drop houses, or some would call them on the Democratic side, the nonprofit uh, locations. Uh, we're on to their game finally, and we're starting to expose it. And our attorney general has not done a lot over the last seven years. I've received the endorsement uh, here in the U.S. Senate race of all the law enforcement organizations, Arizona police, sheriffs, the National Association of Police Officers, the border. Because, John, Amanda, if we don't have election integrity, if we don't have a secure southern border, and we just don't have a safe country, that we can't depend upon our elections. I served, as you mentioned, six years Army Paratrooper Engineer Officer. That was for the basic right of Americans to have safe and secure elections. Uh, we don't. We are working hard here in Arizona, including you know, these undercover operations that we as citizens are undertaking uh, in order to work our way up the chain to do what needs to be done. Yeah, and I know a lot of people are, are watching folks like you who are pushing for election integrity. And there's been a lot of verbal gusto coming from Attorney General Brnovich talking about how he wants these people to to pay if they if they have perpetrated crimes and, and going after these people. But it doesn't seem like he's done enough and he hasn't done enough fast enough. Do you agree? Totally, Amanda. Uh, same with the southern border. There's, he's done very, very little to support law enforcement uh, or border over the last uh, seven years. That's why we're leading uh, by a fair margin uh, in this U.S. Senate race, because the people are, you know, we're pissed off. Uh, I'm a business a veteran and a business guy, not a politician. But I got in this race in order to beat Mark Kelly uh, and not as a politician, but to bring 
some sanity to what the government should be doing. Number one, of course, uh, secure country, including secure elections. Now, we I was also uh, one of the uh, electors on the ballot uh, here in Arizona for President Trump. And we saw the shenanigans that were going on. Um, I then helped uh, through the all of our electors. We uh, supported uh, having Ducey, uh, our governor, take a look at this. He didn't. And we, of course, moved it up the chain to uh, Vice President Pence. Uh, he didn't either. So then when our legislators decided to do the right thing and do an audit, uh, but they didn't appro- appropriate enough money, we needed more. So myself and others stepped in to fund that. Because in business, we do audits to make sure that we find something's not going right, uh, then we fix it. So to me, Americans uh, should embrace it on both sides uh, of the aisle. Uh, Of course, the Democrats did everything they could uh, to stop it. Good news is, uh, here in Arizona, we've identified, I'll say ballpark, about 14 laws that we need to pass. Uh, Six now are on the books, uh, and we're working uh, for more. Uh, We do have to replace a, a few squishes that we have on our side, and we're working hard on that. I can assure you in this election to get a little wider margin instead of one or two on the Republican side, conservative side, uh, in order to get these balance of laws passed so that Arizona can not only lead in an audit, but we can lead in election integrity. So working hard out here in Arizona to support uh, legislators that are doing the right thing. We're holding them accountable, uh, but also supporting the right ones in the upcoming election and doing this citizen's work. Like I said, there'll be much more this coming election uh, in a few months than just David uh, and Gary. Uh, we're going to all of the precincts that uh, are questionable and make sure the drop houses as well as uh, those drop boxes are highly monitored and, and we get film on everyone that uh, wants to do a little time in jail. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, one of the questions that people who watch 2000 Mules or have seen some of these videos is, this clearly didn't happen in a vacuum. Somewhere there's a secret hand organizing these people. Uh, you mentioned some search warrants. Is it your goal to make sure that the funding operations for these gathering of ballots gets prosecuted, that that's the real place to stop this, right? Try up the money that went to these sort of or, or activities, right? John, absolutely. There's a much bigger scheme afoot here. Uh, not This is not, you know, St. Louis, uh, Louis in, uh, in, in Yuma area. This is uh, pervasive, as we've seen in other counties uh, across, uh, somewhere in our own state, many across the country. Uh, we hope uh, to move this up the ladder through the help of a lot of other organizations that are involved, including uh, Dinesh, in order to see how far up the chain uh, we can find this. My goal in U.S. Senate is to absolutely be on top of this uh, as a U.S. Senator, uh, leading the effort since we've done the most in Arizona on the audit and the citizen side. We've got some really good insight uh, as to what we need to be doing across the country. Uh, and my goal of your Senate, by the way, is also one database that's accurate so that we truly have one citizen, one vote. Having uh, said, serving in the military, we owe it to our country uh, to have elections that we all believe in and not you know, take weeks and months to adjudicate. Yeah, so but to uh, yeah. be able to expose this has been eye-opening for us here. Uh, and by no means, John, Amanda, are we stopping here. We're full We're full on to make sure this uh, gets exposed, gets prosecuted, whoever we have to hold accountable, and then serve in the U.S. Senate to really, truly, hopefully start exposing us across the country. Uh, such an important mission. 
Yeah, Jim, uh, speaking of elections being adjudicated in a timely manner, let's talk about Pennsylvania. They still have yet to produce uh, their Republican nominee. Are you concerned that that this is going to happen in Arizona as well in your primary? Uh, could well be, Amanda. Uh, but we have some of those laws that we passed are on the books now. So we're getting better every election. I wish, you know, that we had a little better majority. I wish the Democrats would participate with us in getting these laws passed so that we don't have these questions. You know, we ask our military, we ask our law enforcement uh, to do the right thing, and then we don't have confidence in our elections. It's just, you know, not what America, uh, our foundation of freedom is based on. So we're going to do the best we can uh, this time. We're going to do much more surveillance on questionable precincts, for sure, uh, in from the U.S. Senate. I will certainly be holding our next governor uh, and attorney general, who've been unfortunately not doing the work they should have been doing to make sure that the people feel confident uh, in their elections. It's not, it's not asking too much. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that's asking too much. And I think that uh, most Americans feel that way. But Jim Lehman, we'll be keeping an eye on your race and your primary. And we appreciate you coming on. Don, Amanda, thank you very much. And stay tuned. Uh, more coming in U.S. Senate race, JimLehman.com. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Sounds great. Take care. Oh, thanks a lot, Amanda, for joining me on this. What a great interview. I learned a lot. We're going to be right back with more things just like this right after the commercial break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome back, everybody. We're very lucky to be joined by the great U.S. Senate candidate from Arizona, the man who just got former President Donald Trump's endorsement, Blake Masters. Blake, great to have you on today. Great to be here. Thank you, John. Uh, great to see you. Yeah. Yes, it's excellent to have you. A lot has changed since the last time you are on the show. I want to talk a little bit about your uh, the likely uh, candidate in the fall, Mark Kelly. He seems to have a hard time triangulating himself between President Biden, who keeps drifting left, and the voters of Arizona who clearly drift to the right. How vulnerable is Mark Kelly when you look at his behavior the last few weeks? He's extremely vulnerable. You know, when you just look at his left wing voting record, like he's voted for everything Joe Biden's wanted. Anything Chuck Schumer, you know, says Mark Kelly is just there to say, yes, sir. You know, they tell him to dance and he dances. Um, now, Mark Kelly pretends to be a moderate. You know, you've, you've noticed this, surely. He pretends to be concerned about the middle class and inflation and about the open border, but he's voting for all the policies that have hurt the middle class and are causing the Joe Biden inflation. And he's voting for open borders. And so my task 
as our nominee once I win in August is to tie Mark Kelly to his left wing voting record. I'm not going to let him get away with lying and pretending to be moderate when he's not. Yeah. And, you know, Blake, last time we had you on the show, we were talking to you about the immigration crisis. I think it was right around the time that the lifting of Title 42 was supposed to happen. So I just wanted to get an update from you. Has Alejandro Mayorkas done anything since then? Has the situation improved at all or has it really gotten worse, which I would imagine would fuel your campaign as opposed to your Democrat candidate, Mark Kelly? Well, you know, it is still getting worse. I was just in Yuma. The Yuma sector uh, is, is getting hit hard. I toured the food bank. They're out of food. You know, they're they're out of food. They don't have enough to feed American citizens who need help uh, around Yuma because, you know, in large part, a lot of the food's going to people who are coming here illegally. Um, thank goodness the Biden administration wasn't able to lift Title 42. Right. They were very close. And thank thank God uh, that judge in Louisiana blocked it. Uh, but that's also just a temporary Band-Aid. Um, Mayorkas, I think he's a criminal. I think he needs to be impeached. Biden, I think what he's done at the southern border, with this open borders policy, and this is intentional. I think it's a, a grand electoral strategy for the Democrats. They want to import millions of people. Um, I think it's criminal and it's getting worse by the day. Yeah, and I want to stay a little bit with the food politics, Blake, because uh, just a few days ago, the Biden Agriculture Department announced that it's going to impose a Title IX requirement that if Schools in this country don't adopt the Biden transgender ideology and their policies. They're going to cut them off from the very important program that feeds millions of children school lunches. And these are mostly poor, working poor children that come from those families. Your thoughts of leveraging a school food program to try to get an ideological policy passed. It's disgusting. It's heartbreaking. It's disgusting. Um, I was I was almost shocked to hear it, but I wasn't even shocked because it's like, of course, the Biden administration is going to do this, you know, you sign on board to our ideological program uh, or, or start. Like, what does that sound like? That sounds like Bolshevism. That's that sounds like Stalin. Right. Um, and I know it looks a little bit different now, uh, 100 years later. But but my gosh, like the Biden regime is insane. And, and we got to get this transgender ideology out of our schools. They don't they don't want to teach kids to read or write, but they want to teach your five year old that he or she can choose their gender. I mean, this is really crazy. And then not give them lunch if they don't comply. I mean, this is crazy. It's just crazy. I want to stay on that for just a minute, Blake, with respect to the transgender narrative that's being pushed on young kids. John and I were talking a few weeks ago about uh, Bill Maher's monologue that he gave on transgenderism. And some of the comments he said, you know, when things change this much, this fast, we're allowed to ask questions and not be called bigots. So it seems to me that there are a number of issues, immigration included, when you look at the polling with Hispanic communities, there are a number of issues that the Democrats, it's like they're not listening to the polling. That's right. You know, I think the greatest trick that the woke progressives ever pulled was convincing uh, the American public that they represent more than like 5% of people. You know, nobody's on board for this stuff. Nobody wants transgender ideology uh, in, in first grade. Like, this is crazy. 90% of people don't agree with that. 90% of Americans don't agree with unlimited abortion on demand up until the moment of birth. 90% of Americans know it's not racist to require voter ID. It's common sense, right? 90% of Americans know you shouldn't defund the police. Obviously, we need to take care of the police and fund them more. Um, and, and so it's just crazy backwards. But the left, they, they put America last. Uh, they, they don't appear to be realizing that they're making no corrections. And that's why I think we're going to have a, a great November. We're going to crush them. Yeah, boy, the polls sure are setting up that way. It sure looks that way. When you look out, uh, the last time we had you on, uh, you were surging in the polls already, but then lightning struck this week. 
former President Donald Trump chose you in a very crowded and impressive field of candidates uh, to be his choice uh, for the nominee. How much has that changed the race? What have the last couple of days been like? It's been a whirlwind. You know, I'm still on cloud nine. I'm 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 elated. And and it's it's a it's a huge honor personally, you know, to have uh, to have earned President Trump's trust and support. Um, you know, he called me. We had a great call. He said, uh, Blake, if you can get a fair election, which is a big if in Arizona. But he said, if, if you can get one, uh, you know, you're, you're going to do great. and You're going to win. And so, you know, from from coming from him who transformed American politics, who I think saved this country by beating Hillary Clinton. And we had such a, such a successful administration. Uh, it means a lot. And of course, it's very impactful politically, too. Um, it's the biggest endorsement in politics probably ever. And so I think it'll be rocket fuel. Um, you know, I'm just going to expand on my lead and not look back. And, you know, we'll win this primary August 2nd. And I'm going to be the guy to beat Mark Kelly in November. John brought up the uh, impressive field of candidates that you were among. And I'm just wondering if there maybe maybe, you know, or maybe you just kind of have a feeling maybe he told you or not. What do you think it was about you and your campaign and your candidacy that made you stand out? You know, I have a history with President Trump. Um, I worked on his transition team in 2016, which was a great honor. And so uh, he, he knew that I'm not just saying this stuff. I truly believe it. I was there at the beginning uh, for his MAGA agenda in 2016. I know we needed it in 2016. We needed it in 2020. And look how badly we're suffering because we don't have it. So he knows I'm going to be a great uh, America first leader. I also think, frankly, he was impressed by by the boldness of my campaign. You know, he, he President Trump came on the scene in 2016 and he was unconventional. He did not sound like Jeb Bush or, or you know, uh, Chris Christie or whatever. He said what he thought. He spoke from the heart and he was just very authentic. And I think he saw uh, that's kind of what I'm trying to do here in Arizona. It's breaking through. I'm getting traction. And uh, I think Trump knows how to pick winners. Yeah, he certainly does. And uh, I know from the, my own conversations in the Trump world that I think he also liked the fact that you, you carry the grievances of the people that you're supposed to represent on your shoulder. You want people to understand. You understand what they're going through, and Big Washington yep. doesn't. Um, I want to turn to one thing that the president is concerned about, though. You mentioned it in, in the call with you. He uh, He's worried about a fair election. We just got another revelation this week. Maricopa County counted 19,000 absentee ballots that had postmarks that were beyond the legal date for counting. Uh, are we getting any better? Are we getting to the bottom of all the shenanigans in Arizona? Maybe inch by inch, but I don't think the progress has been fast enough. It, I mean, it really hasn't. And, and just yesterday in, in Yuma, you know, uh, some ballot harvester uh, pled guilty. But Brnovich gave this woman a plea deal. She's going to get off light. They, they downgraded it to like the lightest felony. It'll be treated as a misdemeanor. And it's like, why is Attorney General Brnovich not serious about prosecuting election fraud? Right. Why can't we get uh, the, the state legislature to to even have a vote? on very commonsensical election laws, you know, that would tighten up the early voting and a lot of the known vulnerabilities. Um, and so I'm very frustrated. We are making some progress, uh, but it's not fast enough. And and I want to see more. The American people, the, the people of Arizona here demand to see more. Blake, we only have about 20 seconds, but how can people get involved with your campaign? What's the best way to stay in touch with you? Thank you, John. Thanks, Amanda. Uh, go to blakemasters.com. Uh, blakemasters.com. Sign up, get involved. We got two months until the primary, full speed ahead. It's a fun campaign to be a part of. So please sign up. We'll put you to work. And uh, thank you. Well, all eyes are on Arizona because Republicans know they need to take that seat to take back the Senate. Blake, great to have you with us. Now, that's why we do interviews, so we can learn news, give you facts, so you can make up your own mind. Information, not indoctrination. News, not noise. All right, we're going to give you more of it right after this commercial break. 
What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are, too. I've tried so many bras in the past. And the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Thank you for joining us and spending a little bit of your Sunday afternoon with us. Always grateful for that. Always fun to adapt some of these interviews we've done on the Just the News, Not Noise television show that Amanda and I do and bring them to you in a podcast format on a Sunday when maybe you're having a cup of coffee, reading the newspaper, taking a walk with the family. Always great to give you some extra news on the weekend. We're grateful for your time with us today. And uh, we ask that God bless you and God bless this incredible country as he always has. Thanks for listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where, by the way, if you go to justthenews.com 24-7, you'll get breaking news on our very latest investigative and accountability reporting. Go check it out. Go get our email newsletter. They're all very important. All right, folks, have a great night. We'll be back on Monday with a new edition of John Solomon Reports. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. 
I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.